Well, I want to start out today by saying this is sort of, well, yeah, it is. It's a part two. Um, if you miss part one, go online. You can always find our services online at our website archive there in our on-demand feature. You go to the website, a2wc.com, click the on-demand, and it'll take you to an archive, and you can watch any services that you've missed. You can skip you know, around if you want just the worship, just the sermon, whatever, and just get the part that you want to get. But anyway, we want you to get part one, so that, uh, but I'm going to do my best to bring us all back together. I believe that the year 2021 has already been marked for us in significant ways. Certainly, you know, the, one of the most obvious ways is that it's our 30th anniversary year as a church. And it's the, okay, that's good, thank you. <clears throat> I'll take all that I can get after 30 years, but anyway. Also, it is the year that I truly believe we have heard the call of the Spirit in this hour to walk in fasting and prayer as a congregation, not as an event. Not fasting as a New Year's event, but fasting as a discipline of our faith and as a spiritual weapon according to Isaiah 58. I've told you before and I can't help but keep repeating this because it's so strong in my spirit for this year also. We have, I believe we have the right as we humble ourselves in fasting and prayer just like Daniel did. We have the right to say, O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, give heed and act, and oh, Lord, do not delay. Hallelujah. And I believe we're already seeing a greater activity of the Holy Spirit in and through the life of this church, in and through your own life. And I believe the promises of Isaiah 58, get into that chapter, stay there, make those declarations for where, for where your journey is, for where your walk of faith is. Declare the promises that are there given to those who walk in the acceptable fast that God lays out for us. I mentioned that many, many years ago when we started Acts 2 Worship Center that God took me to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah uh, was the, the, or the vision of Nehemiah was the, the vision that God took me to and said, I want you to build this work upon the vision of Nehemiah, the foundation and the principles found there in the book of Nehemiah, and I've mentioned some of those more recently, but God said, I want you to go there and, and build from that, and it's been powerful, it's been our foundation, we're still building upon the vision of Nehemiah, but I noticed it in the first service, I didn't know until I was going to introduce this, this to the uh, first service, that in the year 2008, 2008, uh, an elder in our church at that time was visiting family members in North Florida somewhere and went to their church with them. And this particular church had uh, a, an artist with a canvas off to one side uh, sitting at a canvas and interpreting artistically just whatever the Spirit gave them as that particular worship service was going on. <clears throat> and... This elder said, it got the idea and thought, you know what? Our vision of Nehemiah, pastor's vision of Nehemiah, our church's vision of Nehemiah. I'm going to go up to this lady, introduce myself. They didn't know each other, of course. Tell them about our church's vision, our, our pastor's vision, and Nehemiah and what that means to our church. And I'm just going to ask this lady if she would interpret that on a canvas. 
because I would love to give it to my pastor as a gift. So he took a chance, went up and introduced himself to the woman, asked this woman that question, gave her a little history. She said, oh, I would be honored. I'd be honored to do that. And she began to paint, and this is what she painted. That is a framed painting on canvas from this lady that I've never met to this day. Uh, as, as she saw the vision of Nehemiah with the wall and the prayer and his eyes lifted up to heaven. That's hanging on the wall in my office ever since I received it back in the year 2008. <clears throat> Nehemiah was called by God out of obscurity. He was not a prophet. When God came to him and began to stir his heart and burden his heart. Israel had been taken captivity once again, which happened a lot in their history when they would turn away from God. The invasion, the walls of the city of Jerusalem were crumbled down, broken down, breached, if you will. But people were still trying to live there, trying to eke out an existence there. Daniel, I mean, uh, Nehemiah had been taken captive to serve in the king's palace, the king's court. He was the cupbearer of the king. We mentioned that last Sunday. Tasted everything before the king tasted it. Wow, what a not desirous job that was in those times when so many uh, coups and assassinations took place in the, in the courts of the kings. So Nehemiah has now been sent back with the blessing of the king. He has walked around the city in fasting and prayer. And then we see this in Nehemiah chapter 2 starting in verse 17. Then said I unto them, now he's speaking to the people, he's gathered this remnant together. You see the distress that we are in and how Jerusalem lieth waste and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God which was good upon me as also the king's words that he had spoken to me. And they said... Let us rise up and build. <clears throat> Man, that was our theme kind of mantra, if you will, for the first few years, of probably the first several years after starting Acts 2 Worship Center. The people came together and they said, after they heard the vision of God, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. But immediately, the next verse, there's the enemy. Immediately. Oh, you think you're going to do something? Oh, you think you're going to make a difference? Oh, you think you're going to really serve God and please God? Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that you do? Will ye rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we his servants will arise and build but you have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. Folks, I am humbled to stand here before you after 30 years and say that we did rise up and build and that the God of heaven has prospered us. But I also say there is still more building 
to do. And I'm talking about building the kingdom. We are still in a building project. We are still strengthening our hands for the good work of seeing the church, capital C, built all around us. And I'm still inviting people to join in this building project because I know God, the God of heaven, will still prosper us. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against her. He is our general contractor. And we are the labor force. (laughs) When Nehemiah's enemies laughed at them and mocked them, he stood his ground and he declared to his enemies, you'll have no portion nor right nor memorial in Jerusalem. Folks, yes, the devil is raging all around us because even the devil knows the end of the story. He can read. And he knows God well enough to know that anything God says happens. Whatever God says is going to happen, happens. And he's read what God says is going to happen to him. And he's raging in his final uh, uh, onslaught or his final effort to, to stop and prevail against the church. And folks, he may be prevailing against churches, little c. But he's not going to prevail against the church, big c. And only as little C churches are a part of the big C church are we going to make it. Folks, every other institution on the earth, there is no other institution in the earth guaranteed to stand times but the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I I believe there are going to be institutions, even if some of those institutions are governments and or nations that the gates of hell will prevail against if they've renounced their God and turned their backs on God. I do believe that. I truly do. Because there, there is nothing in here that guarantees that any nation or any other institution is going to remain standing in the end save only the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nehemiah was quick. To say to the enemies, you have no portion here. You have no right here. You have no memorial here. And we sang about it earlier. My wife even spoke about it. I grew up in a time where we often heard this phrase in preaching, in worship, in exhortation. Plead the blood of Jesus. Plead the blood of Jesus. We don't hear enough about that in this more modern church, it seems. Plead the blood of Jesus. That's still such a powerful principle of being covered and kept and protected. That means when the devil tries to accuse you, when when the devil tries to lay charges against you, when the devil comes to mock you, when the devil tries to condemn you, when the devil tries to shame you, have no fear. Because Jesus is your advocate And he stands before you, and he's got you covered. And when the judge looks at you, the great judge, capital J, and asks you, how do you plea? You can say, I plead the blood. Hallelujah. I plead the blood of Jesus. If ever the kingdom of God is suffering violence, it is suffering violence in this hour. And the Bible says, Jesus said, the kingdom will suffer violence. And the violent, violent in the spirit, must take it by the power of the spirit, by force. And I believe we're in that time right now. 
I'll never forget when we started the church and we were, I told you last Sunday we met. Now, <clears throat> you're going to hear me say I told you last Sunday. And then some of y'all sitting here will be like, I don't, you didn't tell us that last Sunday. Because we have two services. I am going to be turning 60 this year, by the way. So I, I don't know. Did I say that at the 9 o'clock, the 11 o'clock? Was it one week ago, two weeks ago? What, what, yeah, so bear with me. Give me some grace, okay? Some of y'all, either 9 or 11, <laughs> heard me talking a little bit about our beginnings that we started in a house. We moved out of their living room into the garage. We outgrew their garage. We moved into a school right here in Wellington. We moved into their library. Our first uh, sanctuary, if you will, was a school library surrounded by shelves of books on every side. And we had our chairs right in the middle of that. We outgrew that space and God moved us into that school's cafeteria. And with each of these moves, we, we established a monument and a memorial to the faithfulness of God. And to the provision of God that God was prospering us even as he promised Nehemiah. So we had been... We had been, we were probably six, seven, eight months old as a church at this point. And I'm like, God, we need a space. This is, we were outgrowing the cafeteria. We couldn't be there whenever we wanted. We didn't even have a key. And it was very inconvenient, just very difficult for us. And so we started looking. I was in a shopping center. 30 years ago, there wasn't much out here. Certainly not much to rent. No retail spaces, very little for a, in, as far as options for a church. So we were in a shopping center in, at the River Bridge intersection. Uh, it's what I've always called it over the years because of how huge the River Bridge co uh, housing community is. But that's the intersection of Forest Hill Boulevard and Jog Road. I went that far east. There just wasn't anything here this far west uh, for us to rent. <clears throat> and so... I'm walking around in this shopping center, this empty space. I don't know what moved out of it, but it was empty, vacant, and for lease with a realtor, <clears throat> discussing terms, discussing the potential of the build-out, etc., etc. And I heard in my spirit, not audibly, because I told you about the two times I heard the... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, this, no, this was the second time. Just bear with me. This was the second time, because I've only heard God speak audibly to me twice in my life. First, when He called me to do what I'm doing right now. And second... This day, as I'm walking in that shopping center, and I'm walking around, and I mean, we're close to, so she's, this realtor has the lease. We're, we're going to sign a lease to lease this space. And I heard the Lord saying out loud in my ear, no. And so it was so loud that it kind of startled me, and I sort of walked over as if I was looking at the restroom area or something, separated myself from the realtor, and just whispered, is that you, God? Was that you, God? And he repeated it again, no, because I'm going to give you, and he named this property. You see, there was a church here on this site, in the, in the shell of this building, not what you see today. We've remodeled and, re, and built on and expanded over the years. But in the shell of this building, it was a standing seam steel building, not very similar to the red barn, but it wasn't painted red, but just standing seam metal building like that quite unfinished uh, in every way. Uh, the, in here, as a matter of fact, you saw the insulation. You saw the steel beams with the insulation. There was no drywall. It, it was just very unfinished. <clears throat> and so God said, I'm going to give you, and he named that church, this church that was here. Well, I knew of, of the church because I had met the pastor. 
And uh, I was like, okay, God, I knew it was God's voice. So we, we stopped. We kept worshiping in the school, kept just trusting God. God called, called us here, and we knew that. He said he was going to give us this church's facility. Which, by the way, in our movement, in the Assemblies of God, that does not happen. One Assembly of God can't just have another Assembly of God's property. That just doesn't happen. But God said it. Another few months went by. I got a call one day from our presbyter, Pastor Bill. You all know of Pastor Bill and Esther, how dear they are to us. At that time, we did not know them. My wife and I did not know Pastor Bill and Esther had only met them. They invited us to come and share our vision at their church where they were still pastoring in West Palm. And, and we did that, but we didn't meet them. We had no real relationship with them. But he was also the presbyter. He had leadership in our area over some 20 Assembly of God churches. And so the presbyter calls you as a new kid on the block. I mean, you, you, uh, you, get, you, you can feel a little intimidated, as I did. He said, Calvin, I need to see you. You know, I need to discuss something with you. And I said, okay, Pastor Bill. And I went and I sat in his office, and I was very nervous. I know my heart was racing. I'm like, chit-chat, chit-chat. And I'm thinking, get to the point, Pastor Bill. I know you, you got something you got to say to me. What have I done wrong? What do I need to do? What, whatever, whatever. <clears throat> he, said, uh, he said, Calvin, have you, have you met the pastor out at, and he named this church. And I said, uh, as a matter of fact, I did. Um, he said, and, and how did you? I'm like, well, I was trying to be real careful. I just, I, you know, I walked away very, very troubled. Let me just say that, Pastor Bill. And he said, you know what? I'm troubled about it too. I said, oh. You see, their church bought this property and built the structure that was here. Now, Pastor Bill and Esther did not have any role in Acts 2 Worship Center starting but they, we got connected in the spirit because of their vision 35 plus years ago to put a church on this site, way out here, way out west. And so, and I knew that. I knew that their church had bought this property and got the structure that was standing at that time built. And he said, he said, um, yes, you know, I'm troubled too. And you know what, I, I just really believe that his time is up out there, and Acts 2 Worship Center should have that property. And I said, I was like, what did you just say? I'm like, did I hear you right? God said to me we would have this property. Pastor Bill repeated it back to me in that meeting. And then, of course, man, my defenses went down. That began what is now a very intimate close relationship that we've had all these many years as we began to pray and seek the Lord and God brought it to fruition that was probably in October November of the year it was December January February Easter rolls around Pastor Bill's like I spoke to him Calvin and he said he's not going to go anywhere he's not leaving now let me help you understand this <laughs> this building again was just a shell of a building in the parking lot, there were cars with wheels off, jacked up on blocks, like a junkyard in the parking lot. I was in a meeting in this building long before we ever knew that, we would, that God was going to give it to us. There was an official minister's meeting that happened inside this building, and it began to rain. Now, if you've looked up, you see a few ceiling tiles with 
water stains on them here and there. We've done a lot to <laughs> seal and reseal this roof over the years, if you only knew. But when it started raining, the meeting was about to be over, and as we walked to the main front doors, the same ones that are there that lead to the outside, <clears throat> those walls there in that little entryway, right when you come in, are all concrete. The rest of this building is not because it's steel frame and drywall. But that front, that facade, which is real high, you all know it's got the cross up above the, of the uh, overhang there, and it's concrete on all three sides, those walls right there. Water was flowing like a fountain down both of those walls and beginning to puddle up in the entryway. It was probably that deep during that storm. I'm like, what in the world? And, of course, I had no idea. We're about to inherit that. I didn't know that at the time. So I'll never forget on a Memorial Day. <clears throat> that's how long it was. Several months went by. I couldn't say anything. Pastor Bill couldn't say We prayed. He spoke to the pastor. The pastor said, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, he, he, he had a group of about 20 or less uh, left with him at that point. A lot of details that we won't get into, but they weren't pretty. And he said, I'm not going. And I said, God said, Pastor Bill said, God said, we're going to keep praying. We kept praying. On Memorial Day, which we know every year is on a Monday, my phone rang at the house. Now, again, there were no cell phones, no email, no internet, none of that then. The phone rang at the house. I had set up an office in one of the rooms of our, of our home and had a phone line in there. And the phone rang, picked it up. Pastor Bill said, Calvin, are you ready? I'm like, ready? What do you mean? What do you mean? I was so excited. He stood up and said, I resign here and I'm never coming back and walked out. He said, we're going to have a meeting this week, and I want Acts 2 to move the congregation into that building. We don't even want it to be empty one Sunday. And I was like, "Woohoo, Man, we got on the phone calling everybody, and we got our congregation ready. We had a meeting on Thursday night, and in the meeting on Thursday night, between me, Pastor Bill, and this pastor, he walked into his office, which used to be back here on this, in this corner, before we remodeled that to Children's Church. There was a hallway right back there. And two rooms, the first one was my office, was his office at that time. We went in there, he pulled open a filing drawer. It's a vertical file, I'll never forget, the, uh, this image is forever burned in my brain. Pastor Bill said, I had a conversation with him prior to this meeting, and he said, everything is paid, everything is current, These, there's no delinquencies or anything. I was like, well, that's good to know. But we get into this meeting, he pulls open a vertical drawer, he grabs a bundle of mail that is at least this big around, it was more than three months worth of the church's mail, dropped it on the desk and said, there you go, and walked out. And Pastor Bill and I are just looking at each other, I'm like, he's like, we started opening that. Mortgage was three months behind. Power bill was... I, I'm, I was shocked we had the power still on in the building. Phone bill. You know, we had hard-line phones back then. I was shocked the phone was still on. Three and four months delinquent. And by the time we did the math, I'm looking, we're looking at each other. and we, It was over $15,000 just to bring the current bills, or the bills current. But God was in it. And we knew God was in it. That was on a Thursday night. Man, I was not discouraged. Man, I felt like that just stirred my faith all the more. And I said, God is going to provide. We're going to make this happen. I came in Thursday morning so proud. My first day in our church. I walked in that door, came back here to where the office was. 
To give you an idea, 30 years ago, and you didn't have to lock uh, internal doors in churches. Now, it's different now because of security issues and crazy people and the spirit of Antichrist or whatever. But that hallway, there was a hallway door right over there, had a deadbolt lock on it and a peephole like you would have on your front exterior front door. <clears throat> well, now I know after the fact. I won't get into all those ugly details either. But I was back there. All of a sudden, I hear a pounding, 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 pounding on the front glass door out there. And I'm like, goodness gracious, somebody's already coming out. They're coming to welcome me to the community. So I walk around the corner, and as soon as my eyes caught the glass, um, you know, the door, because it's clear, I saw this official, this woman with a badge. The badge was just beaming. I'm like, I don't think this is going to be good. I went to the door. As I went to the door, I noticed a business card had been slid under the front door. You that are in business, if you've been in business a long time, you used to have to canvas. Remember those days you had to canvas and go door to door and leave your business card or leave your flyer or whatever? Well, whoever that was just had driven by after I'd arrived and slid his business card under the door. So because it was right there, I picked it up and sat it to the side and I unlocked the door and the woman came in, we shook hands. Oh, who are you? I said, oh, let me introduce myself. I'm the new pastor. This is my name. We're a new congregation. We're taking over this building. Oh, really? Well, I'm sorry to say, this building is closed indefinitely. It was the fire marshal. And I'm like, but ma'am, closed? I said, we've told all of our people they're going to be here. We're having a service. And back then, we had a service on every Friday night. I said, we've got a service. I've got people coming. I'm sorry, you can't. She's opening up her little briefcase and pulling out letters. And she's got letters. See these letters? These sworn letters, sworn letters from the other pastor sworn. We'll have this work completed by this date. This will be finished by that date. None of these. She goes, well, I'm, we're tired of the lies, and you're not going to be able to meet in this building and I said, why? What's the problem? She goes, the fire system has never been completed. <clears throat> the fire sprinkling system. If you look up, you can see sprinkler heads up there. That's all that was in was what you see in the ceilings. The interior plumbing was done. It was never connected to anything, any kind of water source on the outside of the building. I didn't know any of this. Pastor Bill didn't know either because that church had been, been having church the whole time. They had never gotten the CO. You that know what building is all about. They never got the CO. The pastor kept writing these bogus letters swearing that the work would be done and it was never done. And I'm, I mean, I'm starting to just, I'm like, I, we have to, ma'am. Sir, I'm sorry. You know, I don't even know you, but we're, t we're tired of this. We're not doing this anymore. This building will be closed. <clears throat> Not audibly, but in my spirit, the Lord said, go get the business card. I'm like, the business? Oh, the one I, yes, go get the business card. I said, can you excuse me for just one minute? I walked over to where I'd laid it on a table that was by the front door. I picked up the business card, and the business card said, J.W. Fire Sprinkler Contractor. 
And I was like, oh, this is God. In my spirit, I'm like, I know this is a God thing. I went back to where she was, and I said, ma'am, this is my contractor. I'm just in it, man. I'm playing it. I'm playing the moment right now because faith rose up in me. I'm like, we're going to have church. God said this building is ours. We've done moved in. We're having church. I said, ma'am, this is my fire contractor. I will call him right now. I didn't even know who he was. Just had the card. I don't have time. I'm sorry. You're built your clothes. We can't, we're not going to do this anymore. It's been uh, years of this, and we're just, I said, man, I'm begging you, ma'am, please, please get, let me make this one phone call. Okay, okay. And I remember her looking at her watch. Okay, you got five minutes. Boy, them women officials there, well, never mind. But anyway, you, five minutes. <laughs> and, and so I ran to the closest phone, wherever it was at the time, because this all was not what you see now. It's so very different in the inside of this building. I picked up the phone. I called. He answered the phone. Now, remember, there's no cell phones. He had canvassed and gotten back to his office or, or home to, a land, to where the landline phone was at. And I picked up the phone, and he answered And I said, uh, you don't know me, but I'm holding your business card. You dropped off a business card at a building. Oh, yeah, that church. You're right, I did that. I said, I've got a fire marshal. He said, I'm on my way. He pulls up, and I mean, he was here fast. You know, she's looking at her watch, and she's like getting impatient. I'm like, ma'am, he's on his way. My contractor's on his way. He walks in with a briefcase. He goes to the table. He introduces himself. I mean, he, he and I both are just in the moment. Uh, I mean, you know, it's either foolishness or faith. It might have been some of both. I don't know, but we were in the moment. And he opens up the briefcase, and he's pulling out contracts. He's like, okay, Pastor Lyra, let me see here. We've got this. Here's the, all right, you need the, this and that has to be hooked to this. And then. He's just discussing everything we need. He don't really know either. He's never been in the building. She's standing there, and I could tell she's impressed with this. Let's keep going. So he's like, here, drawing it up here. Here's his, uh, we'll have this work done for you, completed in 30 days, inspected and signed off and see whatever, whatever. Uh, we, sign here, sign there, sign here. I didn't even know th- how much it was going to cost. I didn't know anything. Signing, signing, signing. He tears it. It's in triplicate. You know, you had to have the carbonated stuff back then. It was carbonated paper. He tore off the top. He said, here you go, Mr. Marshall, Mrs. Marshall, whatever her name was. She probably had a name badge on. And she was, she was impressed. She took it. She looked at it. It was all official, everything. Okay, your license. Okay, okay. She's like, all right, I'll give you 30 days. She walked out the door. I think we both just looked at each other and laughed. And then we met each other, because we had not even met. Then it was a, hi, John, I'm John, I'm Calvin. John Whitehead and I are friends to this day. 30 years later, God used him in a very supernatural way, brought us together. He still services our equipment. He maintains everything for us, and he's a strong believer. He was back then. He's a man of faith. He's actually stood here before and shared with this congregation many years ago. And, and, and told some of that story for himself. But that's how we got here. And it's been the provision of God, the blessing of God, the increase of God every single day, honestly. One day at a time. Hallelujah. <laughs> Folks, draw a bloodline around your home, around your life, around your family. 
draw the bloodline of Jesus. Pray over your children, your grandchildren. Pray over your vision, your promises, your dreams until you see your kids and your, those you love and those you're crying out for saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, set on fire for God. Declare that Satan, you have no right, just like Nehemiah had to do from the get-go. You have no right, nor portion, nor memorial in my life or in the lives of those I love because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to serve the Lord. The Bible says when Nehemiah presented that vision, the people rose up and said, let us rise up and build. And they had a mind to work and they continued to work and even facing horrible, direct opposition. Opposition from within. These folks knew some of those guys. They'd been living among them all the years of the exile. And even though the opposition would come from within... God, Nehemiah rose up and made it clear. You have no portion here. You have no memorial here. You have no right here whatsoever. And folks, the kingdom of heaven truly is suffering violence. And we've got to get violent in our faith, in our prayers, in our decrees, in our declarations so that we see our sons and our daughters, our grandsons and granddaughters, our husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers come to an awakening. Yes, there is darkness and gross darkness. But those in the darkness, the Bible says, are about to see a great light they're about to see a great light and there's going to be a turnaround hallelujah and we are still called to be builders of the walls now you say what you want to about this wall or that wall or the other wall I'm not speaking about any of those other walls being built here or there or wherever but God has a way and his word is clear he does put walls around us hello sometimes the Bible uses the word hedge he builds a hedge around us to protect us and to keep the enemy out. To keep his people in and the things of the enemy out. God has always walled his people in and walled the enemy out. But just like with Jerusalem, sometimes the enemy breaches the walls, breaks down the walls. And the enemy gets in. But we who are filled with the Spirit have the authority of Jesus Christ and the favor of God on us just like Nehemiah did. And we are to be rebuilders of broken walls. I pray that the anointing of God come upon each one of us from this day forward. And we understand that we are repairers of broken walls. That's one of the promises in Isaiah 58 as we fast before the Lord. Isaiah 58, 12 says, Your ancient ruin." Your walls and foundations will be rebuilt or built. You are going to be called repairer of broken walls. Folks, there are people all around us today with broken walls in their lives somewhere. Broken minds, broken hearts, broken relationships, broken finances. We're going to step in first through fasting and prayer and then through the activity of the Holy Spirit and the strength of God. And we're going to start rebuilding walls for people all around us. I'm telling you, God is on the scene. Jesus said, I will build my church. And I don't know if you need a job or not today, but he's hiring right now. Hallelujah. He's hiring right now for those to join us on the wall and continue building as we continue to see the faithfulness of God, the goodness of our God in the land of the living. Now understand, he's not building anything He's not building just any other church little c. He's not building an American church either. He's building his church. Jesus said, I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
I want you to understand something today. That means if you are building the wall, Nehemiah talks about in Nehemiah chapter 3, it names, excuse me, every family is named that, that worked on the wall. They got a mention in script in the holy word of God. They are mentioned by name if they said, count me in, I will build the wall. One family is mentioned here and says, so-and-so, the father and his daughters built the wall at so-and-so, whatever spot they, that it names. Families, this, this is, this is multi-generational and there's no more next generation. Those that are being, being called the next generation are the now generation because it's the final generation. Every, every generation, sons, daughters, um, the prophecy of Joel and Acts 2 talks about handmaidens, young men, old men, sons, daughters uh, are going to prophesy, see visions, be filled, be sent, be used. Remember, God has a way of, of, of choosing the least, uh, the youngest sometimes. So I can't encourage you enough today. But to say, when, if you are building the wall, then when the wall is built, you're going to be built. When the church succeeds, you will succeed. When the church rises, you will rise. When the church advances, you will advance. When the church stands, you will stand. When the church grows, you will grow. And of all the kinds of walls we could talk about today, we're talking about the walls of the church, capital C, of the Lord Jesus Christ that are still being built and the gates of hell cannot prevail against them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the, and the building and the project goes on in Nehemiah. Now I'm going to come back to that in two weeks because I don't want to feel rushed and I'm not rushed. I'm going to have a powerful word from our superintendent next Sunday, and I'm going to take, keep going in Nehemiah. Folks, I want to tell you something. We're in a fight. Those that are in God's fight, the victory is guaranteed. I said the victory is guaranteed. Now, you keep fighting your own fight. Your victory is not guaranteed. But you're in the fight of God. He's promised to fight for us. He promised the people in Nehemiah's day that God was going to fight for them because that them was those building the wall. And he said, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, because the enemy is trying to invade or come in, our God is going to fight for us. And God fought for them and the walls were completed. I want you to stand with me all over the building. I told you this, I know, last Sunday. It all comes down to one question right now that's being asked, I believe, by the Spirit of God across this land and around the world. Who is on the Lord's side? Who is on the Lord's side? He knows them that are His. He fights for them that are His. You build His kingdom, He'll build yours. You put Him first, He'll put you first. If you'll be available, He just wants you to be available to Him. He's going to include you on the wall and you're going to help build His kingdom in this final hour. And so the call for us as a church to rise up and build still rings out. We're still going to roll up our sleeves, strengthen our hands for the good work, get involved and stay involved, find my place on the wall. And when the enemy tries to accuse, when the enemy tries to distract, when the enemy tries to bring plague, if you will, God is going to fight for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
See, here's a dangerous thing that I've seen happen many times over the years. Too many times that I even want to admit. People that are active, they're on the wall, they're building the church, serving. The enemy accuses, the enemy attacks. Pain comes, trouble comes. They abandon their place on the wall to go and fight their own battle, deal with their own stuff. And most of the time, I don't ever see those people again. Because remember, the only group God says I'm fighting for are those in His fight on the wall, no matter what. Folks, we can build His kingdom and fight the spiritual fight and still have the victory and see both advance and see both victories come. Stay on the wall. Press through the accusation, the trouble, the pain, just like Nehemiah, to the devil say, you've got no right, you've got no voice, you've got no portion, you've got no memorial in my life or in the lives of my children and all those that I love. Stand your ground. God will fight for you. He is fighting. He is fighting. Folks, unless God was fighting, this church wouldn't be here. Unless God was fighting for it, we wouldn't make it. We would not have made it. I know God is fighting for us and continues to fight for us, and I'm still in the fight. I'm still saying, Lord, I'm available. That's all he asks, being available. Father, we present ourselves. I hope each one of you in your own heart say, Lord, I'm available. I'm on your side. I'm on your side, Lord God, in this fight, in this walk of faith, in this journey, in this temporary time in the earth. I'm on your side, Lord. I'm on, I'm on the wall. I'm at my place building. And when the enemy comes in, you're going to fight for us and give us the victory. Oh, thank you, Father, for victory after victory after victory over these 30 years with more to come because the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. You, you do save the best for last. You do, Father. You save the best for last. So, Lord, thank you today. I want to just say, if you're in this room and you need to be ministered to, you need prayer beyond this prayer, you would like for us to reach out to you in a more personal way, if you would just text the word LIFE to that same phone number. Text the word LIFE. You may be watching online. We'll reach out to you and minister to you the best way that we can if you'll text the word LIFE to 561-232-3992. You're in this room and you need prayer you need more ministry, we want to provide that for you and to you, just text the word LIFE to 561-232-3992 and we will be quick to respond to you. Father, thank you. Thank you for our history, Lord. Thank you for our history with you. Thank you for every monument, memorial, altar that we've built over the years. That as we tell the stories, as we remember your faithfulness, as we talk about our foundation, Lord, faith rises up in us for the fight that we're in right now. And Lord, your kingdom will be advanced through this church. It will continue to be advanced. And I thank you for that today, Father. And your kingdom will be advanced in every heart and life that says, I'm available to you, Lord. I'm available to the building project called The Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Thank you today, Lord. We love you. We bless you and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you today. You can be dismissed.